Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. In the darkest woods of Canada, a hero looks for another. Spider-Man swings from tree to tree in the snow, hoping to catch a glimpse of the one man who can save the day. After swinging for a while, though, Spidey can't seem to catch a break. It is then that a sharp force cuts the line Peter is swinging from, and he tumbles to the ground. A lone figure walks up to his prone body and says, eh, I know you're looking for me. Get out of here while you can still walk. As Wolverine steps into the light, Spider-Man tries to reason with the man. Hey man, we need you real bad back in the city. Logan lets out a sigh and says, ah, if you won't leave me alone, I guess we'll have to see about that walking thing, bub. Spider-Man gulps and realizes that talking isn't gonna get this one done. It's Jimmy versus Peter. It's Weapon X versus Night Monkey. It's Movie Wolverine versus MCU Spider-Man. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Today's episode is what you call time-sensitive because in the not-too-far future, both of these characters may find themselves to be in the same universe fighting side-by-side. In one corner, you have Spider-Man, a high school student who gains spider-like abilities and navigates the challenges of being a superhero while dealing with teenage life and in the current state of the MCU as well. In the other corner, you have Fox's Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine, a gritty and fierce mutant with regenerative healing powers and retractable adamantium claws struggling with his violent past and searching for redemption. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed, and I have only found one, and I mean only one time, this exact matchup has been discussed online, which is why it needs the Who Would Win treatment it's getting today. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm excited about this matchup. I had forgotten how much I loved Hugh Jackman's Wolverine up until we saw him in those uh, trailers for Deadpool 3 within the last week or two. I love these movies going back and revisiting them. I'm going to have to do an entire nine movie Logan Wolverine rewatch. Nine movies he was in. Let's go. I'm going to have to do that before Deadpool 3 comes out this summer. And I'm excited to do it. I love it. I love both these characters as well. Super excited for Deadpool coming out this summer too. You know, this battle of, uh, I guess you call them super popular characters 
almost from like from competing Marvel universes is really intriguing to me because both of them are insanely unconventional. They both find solutions outside of the box. They're both known for, uh, you know, never giving up, really. And when you have that kind of battle, you need a judge who can look at a matchup, listen to Ray and I intently, uh, determine without a doubt who would win in such a way that fans of both characters are 100% satisfied with the answer, regardless of which side won. And since Delvin Cox wasn't available, we decided to go in a completely opposite direction. So making another appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's former fan favorite judge. It's who up until recently I thought was the only adult in the room for the show. It's podcaster extraordinaire. It's Robert Clark Chan. Robert, welcome back to Who Would Win. I will not rest until I have regained my title of Agent of Chaos. I can't have people wanting me to judge. I have to have them live in fear of me coming to judge. Yeah, you, you did it. We're still, look, you came back on the show since then, but we're still reeling. From your Deathstroke versus Care Bears ruling back in the you know end of season five, we still don't know what's up. Who would win production team? The board, you know, if you will, said, listen, we got to bring him back on. Sure, he came back and gave us a masterful performance already, but that wasn't enough. There's still a little bit of that lingering confusion, uh, you know, in fog, if you will. And we need you here to kind of do what you did last time, just way, way better do you feel you are up to the task, good sir? Look, if you go into a match like Deathstroke versus Care Bears, you probably have no idea what's going on. That's an insane matchup. And ideally, you should be leaving exactly the same way. <laughs> Listen, Robert Clark Chan, in our last episode, you, you came through. I mean, you reestablished our faith in you and you did a great job. And today you're just going to nail it. You're going to do what you do. I'm torn because I love both these characters. I think, Ray, to speak for you, you do as well. But listen, there's no better person for this job. Robert Clark Chan, you've got this. Uh, by the way, before we even move on, tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful listeners, our fans, what you've been up to. Eh, same old, same old. I've honestly been sitting in cold storage waiting for you to call me back so I could do a more judging. Go check out uh, Knowing Us Half the Podcast. Uh, go check out AE Doubleback. Those are a couple fun podcasts you might enjoy. I love Knowing Us Half the Podcast, and I'm honored that the best person of that trio is on the show right now judging this battle. That no. is fantastic. Chan, I'm no, not judging not. this battle. No, uh, she is Robert Clark Chan's right here. I'm just saying Robert Clark Chan's right here, and the fan base is excited for it. All right, look. All of this is great, but we got to get to the battle. With all of that said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Fox, the mutant who isn't just a winner. He hails to the victors, valiant Wolverine. And representing the MCU, the hero who needed to make extra money, so he took a gig as a web developer, Spider-Man. He's a great web developer if you think about it. All right, well done, Ray. Before we go any further, let's go over the basics of a Who Would Win match. Now, each fan will make three points. Keep in mind that the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in neutral location with no prior knowledge or prep time allowed. And the debater has to stay within the confines of the character, which we've both established already. And when it comes to determining the winner, it's the judge who has the final say and will determine which character lost based on death, incapacitation, or battlefield removal with no outside interference being allowed. Remember, you can always check out all the rules on our website at www.whowouldwinshow.tv. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Visit www.whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some great Who Would Win shirts and merch. And now, let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine. 
Wolverine is a mutant anti-hero affiliated with the X-Men. The Fox movie version was played by Hugh Jackman and first appeared in the movie X-Men back in 2000. We all know Wolverine, the mutant with the extreme healing factor that was abducted and had his bones replaced with adamantium. Of the 13 X-Men movies or adjacent movies made, Wolverine, as played by Hugh Jackman, appeared in nine of them. He's perhaps the most iconic of all the mutants. His life is told through from X-Men Origins Wolverine all the way to Old Man Logan's storyline in the movie Logan. We all look forward to Hugh Jackman getting back on the horse in Deadpool 3 later this year. Now, fun fact, Hugh Jackman was pretty much perfectly cast as Wolverine in the film franchise. I think we can all agree. But did you know that he wasn't even close to being the first choice for the role? He wasn't because Lord of the Rings star Vigo Mortensen was offered the role but declined it because at the time, he didn't want to commit to a long-term franchise. But not before Russell Crowe was offered the part first. Russell Crowe as Wolverine. And he turned it down. Do you know why? Because he was concerned that since Gladiator had a lot of wolves in it and Wolverine obviously would involve lots of wolves as well, he didn't want to be typecast as someone who only does wolf-related material. I won't tell him if you don't. That eventually got us to Hugh Jackman, and that worked out pretty darn well, and that is... Wolverine. You know, a lot of people say not to, you know, look to actors as source of intellectual certainty. And with what you just said, I actually say that's incorrect. I think this was a good call on Russell Crowe's part. Just putting that out there. You know, uh, Russell Crowe turning the film down got me Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. So I'm in favor. It's a good call. And I am. You will not find a bigger Russell Crowe fan than me. I love that. That can't man. be true. That cannot be true. The thing that you just said. That's true. That sounds made up. <laughs> true statement. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Well done, Ray. Now, here are the details for the MCU Spider-Man. Spider-Man was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and first appeared in Amazing Fantasy number 15 back in August of 1962. The MCU version of Spider-Man that I'll be repping in today's battle appeared in Spider-Man Homecoming, great film, back in 2017 and was portrayed brilliantly by Tom Holland. Peter Parker was just an ordinary kid until the day he gained amazing powers from a spider's bite. Since then, he has dedicated his life to fighting crime, protecting the innocent as Spider-Man. As if that wasn't enough, he eventually caught the eye of billionaire Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, who would give Peter the chance to become one of Earth's mightiest heroes. Although that might sound like a lot for someone still attending high school, Peter Parker was up to the task. After all, just as Aunt May in a different universe as Uncle Ben used to say, with great power comes great responsibility. And here's an interesting fact about Spider-Man. Did you know that Spider-Man's web shooters don't cost a lot of money to make? It's true. Look, I'm as guilty as anyone when we all erroneously assume that any type of superhero-style advanced tech needs resources that regular people just can't get. You know, a huge lab, a couple of dozen super-powerful computers, Apple's Vision Pro, you know, the stuff reserved for multi-billionaires. However, Peter Parker typically doesn't have access to any of that. And in the Ultimates comic book universe, where he's also poor, Peter Parker figured out how to make his amazing web shooters that have helped him to defeat super powerful opponents for a whopping cost of, wait for it, 80 bucks or $40 each as he has two of them. Felt I needed to explain the math to Ray. Who knew it could be that cheap to be such an amazing superhero? And now you have the facts on both opponents. Robert, do you have any questions before we get started? I have tried to build web shooters on 
uh, $40 each, and I can say for sure that uh, it's a fantasy. Comic books aren't real. I've been living a lie all these years. Where did you get the web fluid? Because that's the key. Uh, Home Depot. Damn, we should talk. All right. This is going to be an epic battle. One for the books. Let's do this. Ray, please proceed with your first point. Point number one for movie Wolverine. We're going to talk about some of his powers and some of his speed. Because Wolverine is more than just a healing factor, and he's more than just some claws. He has super senses. He is always knowing the, what's going on in the world around him through tapping into his five senses. Each one is super enhanced. Of course, you have super sight, which means that it, you know he can see things at great distances. He can see things in great detail. He can see things that are moving very, very fast, like Spider-Man. So if Spider-Man wants to take to the skies and start spinning all around, he's not going to have any trouble, Wolverine will not, in tracking him as he goes, not to mention super hearing. Wolverine, as we all, all know, he can hear things. He can differentiate sounds from each other. Uh, he's very much a heightened animal senses kind of a guy. But the big one we want to talk about is the super smell, which you wouldn't think would come in handy, except it always seems to come in handy. It's the one the writers like to go to a lot. His super smell is how he was able to tell that Storm was actually Mystique by just the way that she smelled. He was able to turn and remember that when he punched her right in the gut with the claws. That was great, but he knew it was not from any other thing, but just how she smelled different because Mystique can change a lot of things, but apparently not her odor. He also was able to smell Sabretooth. Now, Sabretooth probably does smell for the record, but he I don't think Spider-Man washes his costume, so this could be a push. Sabretooth was trying to ambush and attack the Wolverine, but Logan was able to smell it coming and get out of the way uh, before that happens. I know Spider-Man does like to kind of get behind, lose sight of somebody, and then pop somebody. That's not going to work against Wolverine. He's also super strong as well. It was the thing that struck me watching all of the movies and clips to prepare for this episode is that he's pushing those claws through like reinforced doors that are like one foot thick of steel. It's one thing to have the tool to be able to do it on your wrist. He's strong enough to actually shove those adamantium claws through the door. And I don't know exactly how you encapsulate that as far as numbers go. But the fact is, like, I can have a big knife. That doesn't mean I can stab through a, you know, foot-thick uh, door and then rip it off its hinges. This dude is insanely strong. In fact, at one point during a fight scene, he did my favorite move. He picked up a dude and threw him at another dude. If you ever do that in a fight, you become my favorite character immediately. He kicked Sabretooth, a very powerful character, so hard that he was able to stun him. And as far as speed goes, I think Spider-Man moves very, very fast. I think Logan moves deceptively fast, especially in short bursts. Let's not forget that one scene in the bar when he had the guy pinned to the wall and the other guy came up behind him with the shotgun, basically pointed at the back of his head saying, get out of here, you freak, you abomination. What did he do? He turned his claws and before the guy could pull the trigger, cut that shotgun in half before he could pull the trigger. That is speed. And then the other thing, he stabbed a guy and then used him as a human shield, showing that he will absolutely use his environment to his advantage, but also that he doesn't worry about human life quite the same way Spider-Man does. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's my point number one. Okay, so you're bringing up some interesting stuff, but I'm going to have to push back because despite the fact that Logan has these enhanced senses, which he uses really, really well, Spider-Man overcomes all that because he's got an actual magical, well, I guess supernatural, whatever it is, sixth sense, his spider sense, his precognition, 
this is something that's going to come into play because as fast as you are, as great as you can move, as much as you can smell, which I actually don't do think will come into play because if Spider-Man tries to hide somewhere, you know, in the vicinity, which he'll do, Logan's going to be able to smell them out, as weird as that sounds. I do think that'll come into play, but his sixth sense, his spider sense, is going to help him overcome everything because he'll, he'll understand what's coming at him. If something's coming at me, no matter how fast it is, I can pretty much get out of the way if I see it coming. All right, on top of that, you know, in terms of picking up someone and throwing them at another person, I love that too. The difference is Spider-Man does that with superhumans. We saw that in Avengers Endgame where he's just messing up super powerful, you know, members of Thanos' army. So that's about it because there's a lot of great stuff to Logan, but Spider-Man can actually counter and actually exceed a lot of what Logan brings to the table. That brings to my point number one. For my point number one, let's talk about Spider-Man's powers and abilities. Look, of course, I get it. We're familiar with Spider-Man's abilities, especially what he can do in the MCU because it's awesome. So let me see if I can put a spin on all this in order to put it in better perspective for today's battle. And the best way I think I can do that is to compare it directly to Logan, aka Wolverine's power levels. Now, in terms of super strength, Spider-Man has an upper limit of being able to press 25 tons. He was able to catch a car launched at him through the air. He hit so hard that he can stagger Thanos. You know, Thanos, the person who actually succeeded in beating up the Hulk really quickly. Logan's no slouch in that area. Of course, he is very strong. But in terms of the, you know, comparing the strength, Spider-Man's at least five times stronger than more likely 10 times stronger. And that still puts it Logan Wolverine at being able to press like two tons. Fun fact, Spider-Man's so strong, he can jump 30 meters up in the air in a single bound which is at least three times higher than Wolverine. He's got super speed. He's fast enough to catch up to a speeding car, easily dodges gunfire. He's an insanely hard target to hit because of his speed. By the way, Spider-Man can run between 80 to 100 miles per hour, which is at least double the low-level super speed that Wolverine has, if not more. He's got super durability, where he takes crazy punishment and can keep on fighting. He's taken falls, explosions, stabs. He's been, all this kind of crazy stuff is happening. Look, Wolverine, absolutely, he's durable as well. That adamantium skeleton gives him an advantage in that area over Spider-Man. Not going to deny it, but that doesn't mean Spider-Man can't take insane punishment and keep on going, which we've seen in all the Spider-Man MCU movies and what have you. Now, Spider-Man also has a healing factor, not as good as Wolverine's, of course, but Spider-Man can heal three to five times faster than a normal person. What that means is he, if he gets hurt, he can overcome that injury with that healing to stay in the fight until he's kind of okay. And that, of course, the exceptions are the insane injuries, what have you. But he can still kind of stay in the fight thanks to his healing factor. Spider-Man's reaction times, however, are much, much faster than Logan's. That's a fact. Also, Spider-Man's got superhuman endurance. That lets him fight at his peak for extended periods of time. Of course, Logan can fight for a long time, too. But Spider-Man's endurance is much better, probably at least twice as good. Spider-Man's got that super agility, super reflexes, making him, as I said before, one of the hardest moving targets to hit in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Logan, also very agile, can jump super far and high, but Spider-Man can just do all of that way better. And I know we're not talking about comic books, but we see it all the time. Wolverine and Spider-Man going at it. Spider-Man overcomes Wolverine with that agility, the reflexes, and what have you. That definitely pertains over here with the power scaling. Now, Logan can't compare to this. I'm talking, of course, about the spider sense, spider sense I mentioned before, the Peter Tingle, I love it. The spider senses, uh, spider sense enables Spider-Man to use his speed, his super reflexes to avoid the vast majority of attacks coming at him. It also allows him to sense the severity of a threat. This one's important based on how strong that spider sense is tingling at the moment. Of course, we saw that brilliantly played out at the end of uh, Spider-Man Far From Home when he's taking out uh, Mysterio's drones with his eyes closed and just kind of doing what he's doing, avoiding getting hit. Absolutely fantastic display of the spider sense. We saw this well, you know, with his ability to stick to walls, climb walls, 
and actually kind of stick to people. One of my favorite fighting techniques that Spider-Man does is he'll actually use his sticking power to grab a hold of someone with his hand or use his foot to grab someone while he's holding onto a wall and fling them far away. This is someone who can use his powers in insanely unorthodox methods. And when you do a direct comparison with Logan, he outperforms Logan in almost every area. All of that is my point number one. Wait a minute, James. When in the movies did he stick somebody to his hand and then fling him far, far away? I don't remember that happening in the movies. I will agree with you on one point. We're not talking about the comic book versions here, even though you're obviously trying to. We're going to stick to the movie versions and all that extra comic book stuff needs to be cut out right now. And I would argue, yes, Spider-Man is very, very fast. That drone scene uh, against Mysterio is incredible. Logan also is very, very fast, animalistically fast. But I, one thing I noticed in watching a lot of fights between these two, despite that, they both get hit an awful lot. They both take massive amounts of damage in their own fights. And I think one of them is a little better at taking damage than the other. I'll get into that a little bit later. And the Spidey Sense, I, I love the Spidey Sense, the Peter Tingle. I love that, but I don't think Spidey Sense is going to help him as much here as it would other battles because I don't think Logan is going to try to stealth. I think Logan is the type of fighter who gets right up in your grill and starts throwing. And I don't think a Spidey Sense is going to help you there because nothing's hitting you from behind or unexpected. Spider-Man will see the shots coming in, but he's not going to be able to stop them. Interesting points. Let's see what the judge has to say. Robert Clark Chan, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Honestly, uh, James, you're ahead, wow. flat out. When we're just talking about uh, uh, basic physical feats in the, these movie versions, Wolverine doesn't have it. Spider-Man is a metahuman. He, he has superpowers, and Logan, is a, a, a couple of points, like the healing fact... Healing factor and stamina, James, you tried to put Spider-Man over. I don't think he holds a candle to Wolverine, but in most other senses, like I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Spider-Man is stronger and faster and all that. I don't think that that is uh, the thing that distinguishes Wolverine, so I don't expect this to be uh, a, a lopsided battle in any way, but after round one, Spider-Man definitely has a lead. There you have it, another victory for James Gazzy after just one... I hear Not what you're saying, Robert yet. Clark Chan. I hear what you're saying, and I know this plays into Ray's strategy, but it also plays into mine. This battle just got even more interesting than I ever thought it was going to be. We'll be right back for point number two. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And we're back. Ray, let's see what you've got. Hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Wolverine. And honestly, I should, I can't, I'm surprised I'm saying this. I am shocked to hear Robert Clark Chan be as matter of fact that James is up right now when I don't even think that he is. I thought Robert Clark Chan couldn't surprise me any further. And yet here we are. So let's talk a little bit about the claws. Adamantium claws, ladies and gentlemen. Now, adamantium, vibranium, they're sort of, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other depending on which Marvel universe you're talking about, they're kind of a wash. They're about the same. One's like comic book and then Fox and the other is MCU. Great. That being said, these are claws that go through absolutely everything, including people, including super powered people. And absolutely he gets his shots in wherever the heck he can. He gets into a fight and he's throwing punches, but he's not really throwing punches. He has six knives he's bringing to a boxing match. And that includes when he fought uh, with boxing gloves and then used his claws through the boxing gloves. This guy is absolutely incredible and there's no stopping it. If he starts being flown in a direction, as we saw in X-Men Origins Wolverine, he could use the claws to dip into the ground or dip into the bricks or dip into the concrete, dip into the metal and then stop his momentum from going backwards and then keep on going. This is a guy that Spider-Man that has no answer for these claws. He's never fought somebody exactly like this who can move as big and fast and uh you know you could argue spider-man is stronger that's fine he might even be but that doesn't matter when these adamantium claws are piercing into his skin that's not going to feel good and he's not coming back from that very easily and it's not just the claws the healing factor spider-man heals a little bit faster than the average human sure but wolverine he heals almost instantaneously scrapes and cuts and damage heal basically in seconds. You can watch the wounds close on film. That includes when he got carved up by Lady Deathstrike, a similar type of character to himself. He was able to recover from all of those wounds and he took some grievous ones in that fight. He's a guy who took to the chest an entire deck of cards through a brick wall from Gambit, who literally hit him with 52 explosions, sending him through a brick wall and he just got up and kept going slightly annoyed. A bullet hit him square in the head, and then you could watch as it just worked its way back out of his head and back onto the ground in seconds. He took gunfire from multiple people and just kept healing the bullets as he was going along. He took full force hits from the juggernaut and got up and kept going pretty easily. My favorite, there are many favorites, he had a parasite in inside of him that was removing his ability to use his healing factor literally killing him and stopping him from healing. And I believe in the Wolverine, I believe was the movie, the one in Japan. And he went and got himself on an operating table, stuck his claws into himself, reached into his own body and pulled out the parasite, which did in fact kill him on the operating table. And he was back before two minutes were up. If I remember this correctly, he died and came back less than two minutes later. How does Spider-Man possibly win the fight. 
I don't see how, because you could say maybe an incapacitation with the webbing, but he's got the claws and the claws will go through it. No problem whatsoever. Magneto impaled him with rebar and threw him into a river. And he came back from that. He survived one of the nuclear bombs that was dropped on Japan. He saved another guy by putting a lead screen on top of him, jumping into a hole and letting the nuke essentially melt his body. And he survived a nuclear bomb. How hard does Spider-Man hit? Not that hard. At the end of the day, both of these characters are going to take massive amounts of damage from the other one. But Wolverine will be able to shake it off. And I've seen Spider-Man get wrecked and tap out to people like the Vulture and the Green Goblin time and time again. And he doesn't always get back up again. But you know, Logan always will. That's my point number two. Interesting stuff about Logan for your point number two. You know, you got to love the claws. But, you know, when you talk about a gun versus a knife, right? And just put this in perspective. You know, I, I'm actually more scared of knives because you can't grab onto them to, to disarm and all that kind of good stuff. You can grab onto a gun, what have you. But a gun's going to hit you from a much further range. And in this fight, we're talking about knives versus, at least range-wise, guns with what Spider-Man brings to the table. If you can stay out of range, which is something Spider-Man can do quite easily, then claws, as great as they are, if they can't hit you or hit you effectively, they're not going to get the task done. In terms of fighting someone like Wolverine, you got to remember, Spider-Man's fought quite a few different types of opponents. The ones that were very similar to Wolverine, at least in the animalistic, savage, I've got sharp things at the end of my fingertips. Those were those evil, crazy, animalistic monster members of the Horde. We saw them in Avengers um, Endgame when they all kind of came in for that mega battle at the end. We saw them in the movie previous to that. And Spider-Man had to take a bunch, like almost like dozens of those on at the same time. He did pretty well with it. So dealing with an animalistic, savage type of opponent who wants to rip you apart because they're just with that pure ferociousness and brutality. Yeah, he's already been there and done that and came out no problem at all. And finally, Lady Deathstrike. That was an interesting thing in that movie with Logan. And of course, Lady Deathstrike actually beat Logan in a fight. And how did she do it? Oh, physically, just by beating him down and got the win over him as well. That's all good stuff. Now, let me get to my point number two. And for my point number two, let's talk about Spider-Man's tech because here's the thing about Spider-Man. The one other power I forgot to mention, by the way, is the power of his mind. He is a super genius. And he's not just a genius when it comes to tech. He's also a genius when it comes to tactics. And the more experience he gets fighting, the better he becomes with his his tactics and what have you, which is what we saw in Spider-Man um, No Way Home near the end of the movie. Now, on top of all this, and remember, Tony Stark is the one who said, I recognize greatness in this kid. He's got it. But we've got to talk about his web shooters. And this is the same thing because, of course, Spider-Man integrates tech into his uniform. But that those web shooters are really where he specializes and differentiates himself. Of course, he created them himself. He got them upgraded by Tony Stark, and he kept the upgrades throughout the, uh, the series. Now, this is all really cool because the web fluid, the webbing itself, the dozens of combinations and tactics to use the webs, those are all things that he came up with on his own, or at least had a tiny little bit of help with the upgrades from Tony Stark. Now, first of all, with his webs, he's got a rapid fire style where he can shoot balls of webbing as projectiles at super high rates of fee, uh, speed super far away at great distances. He's got the taser web. I love this, where a pulse of powerful electrical energy can be shot through his web into someone who's attached to. He's got the splitter web. That's where a single web line splits into multiple strands upon impact to cover a larger area. We saw that in a couple of the films. He's got the ricochet web. These are web shots designed to bounce off surfaces before hitting the intended target. Remember, this is someone who loves physics, loved how Captain America's shield moved and was like really intrigued by it. So he implemented some form of that into this ricochet web tactic he's got. 
He's got the web grenade. That's a compacted web ball that explodes on impact or after, you know, some type of delay and that ensnares anything that's in its vicinity. We saw this in Spider-Man Homecoming. Peter Parker uses a web grenade to trap one of Vulture's associates inside a web cocoon. He's got, of course, spider tracers, which won't be a big deal. But he's got these expanding webs. When he fires them, they expand in two different directions, just occupying entire space. I love this. His webs are also super strong. They're able to hold a massive ferry boat that was split in two, which we saw in Spider-Man Homecoming. That is really insane strength of those webs. And the coolest part about the webs, it enables Spider-Man to attack, again, from super far ranges. This enables Spider-Man to create, uh, you know, he's actually created super powerful slingshots with the webs, where he uses cars as the ball within the slingshot to shoot the cars at opponents like he did in Endgame. He can even be used, you know, these webs to propel himself even harder opponents like he did when he hit and knocked down Captain America, Ant-Man when he was a giant, and even Thanos. And they're also powerful enough to tie up Captain America and make Thanos struggle against them. These are really cool and very powerful. There's more, of course. The MCU version got a massive tech upgrade from Tony Stark, known as the Iron Spider Armor. I mentioned that before in a previous episode. It's a self-contained suit. This is really cool. It uh, gives a massive upgrade in durability to Peter Parker, enables him to tank shots from Thanos, for God's sake, as well as made him hit Thanos even harder than normal. Really cool. And the Iron Armor comes with a cutting-edge AI that enables Peter to process and analyze data. I'm not sure that's a big deal here. You know, Spider-Sense is going to help him understand this. His genius mind will be able to understand uh, how Logan works really, really quick. Uh, And then, of course, you know, he's got the kill method with this Iron Iron Man Iron Armor suit where he calls on it, and the thing just acts on its own uses its AI and just helps as a compliment, uh, takes out whatever opponents from it in a really horrible, horrible way. Of course, uh, Spider-Man can also use his webs to create parachutes, glider wings, and, you know, all this stuff is really good because he's insanely versatile. Look, if this was a one-on-one battle straight up where Wolverine's going to use his claws and Spider-Man's got to stay within fighting distance, yeah, things, I still don't know. I think Spider-Man could still do it. Definitely an advantage to Wolverine, but when you can hit someone in so many different versatile ways, like he did with his webs. Remember, in his first fight with Captain America, he's his first time ever being Spider-Man, really, you know, with the ability to do what he's doing. He was holding down Captain America with his webs, shooting him expertly with his legs, his legs, the whole thing. This is something he can do to Logan slash Wolverine very, very easily. All of that is my point number two. All right, all right. Yeah, look, I love the character. I think Spider-Man does a lot of very, very good things. That being said, you're, you're just not wrong about all of this. First off, I remember enough that the movie that he was in with Vulture, he never really beats the Vulture in a one-on-one battle, really. I mean, he gets wrecked pretty much every time. He gets buildings dropped on him. He's tenacious. He keeps coming after him. And finally, Vulture's technology really is what lets him down at the end of the day. But I don't really remember him getting over on Vulture in any kind of... It was satisfying, but was it like over the top, like I, I got over on you? No, I think Vulture eventually his tech let him down and Spider-Man was able to finally win the day. And that's fine. And did you really compare the Horde, uh, the Thanos faceless Tyranid style Horde in Wakanda at the end of Endgame to Wolverine? There are massive differences between Wolverine and the faceless insect Horde that Thanos sicked on Wakanda. Shame on you. One big thing to say here is I agree. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, especially this version, very, very book smart. He can do technology. He can build stuff in a lab, but his emotional, his EQ, as you like to say, James, is very, very low. Let's not forget a couple of things. One, remember when he asked Dr. Strange to do a ritual for him and then he was too immature that he screwed it up, thus creating a whole lot of problems for the multiverse. That's only because he just couldn't, you know, he just couldn't sit still for two seconds. The other one is when in that same movie, 
he had what six different villains in his apartment and he was trying to get them all to behave and he couldn't tell that green goblin was using him the entire time and he ends up getting wrecked and aunt may spoiler alert does not make it to see the end of the movie. I'm just going to say right now, Logan's going to provoke a bad mental decision in a battle against Spider-Man 10 times out of 10. I am loving where this battle is going. I'm having so much fun with this. There's been a permanent smile across my face the whole time. But let's go to our judge because now we are at the official turning point. Robert Clark Chan, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Well, I mean, I was expecting a comeback, and I'm pretty sure we got it. Uh, in the battle, yes, between claws and webs, uh, I mean, Peter Parker has a great variety of webs, especially with the Iron Spider upgrade, but the claws are just going to uh, snip through that, and he's strong enough that, you know, the, the webs can hold together like a, a fairy which is you know hundreds of tons and whatnot but i do think that they're not going to pose much of a problem to wolverine in terms of yeah i i, I guess eq we could say let's just say that uh peter parker is a young boy and logan is a couple hundred years old or something along those lines and has been fighting that entire time so in terms of just like you know who can duke it out 100 wolverine i'm not really like T to take this, James, you're going to have to show me how Peter Parker's genius manifests in a tactical way. I mean, you say he's got tactics, but I don't recall seeing any of it. Uh, you didn't actually bring up any instances in which he uses his tactical genius to uh, take anybody out. Uh, and Ray, you're going to have to tell me how he beats the Megatron versus King Kong question. Like, yeah, he does have those uh, claws that are like he's going to tear spider-man to pieces close range but if he gets too far away uh, he he can't touch him so uh, i'm sure he's done something that i can't recall from the movies where he's been able to get up and close but if colossus isn't there to fling him i mean you got to tell me how that happens interesting stuff because ugh, i don't know if i've got what you're looking for robert clark chan ray might have it well let's see you know let's see where this battle's about to go we'll be right back for point number three And we're back. Ray, this is for all the Marvel. This is, I don't know. I'm feeling good about this. Hit us with your point number three. It's going to be tough because I think Robert Clark Chan asked us to do two things that neither of us are quite ready to do. But let's see what we got here. Uh, great job, Robert Clark Chan. But no, I will say right now, uh, we're going to talk about wins. We're going to talk about feats. And most importantly, we're going to talk about experience. Thank you for saying it and stealing my thunder right before I make the point, Robert Clark Chan. Spider-Man is a teenager. Spider-Man is a young boy. He is going to what? To Europe with his high school debate team, right? Uh, or yeah, I believe that's right. Anyway, he's a high school kid. He's only been doing this on the streets against low-level thugs and criminals. And let's face it, the highest level people that he's really fought with great success are like Mysterio, who has no special powers, just illusions. Vulture, who has no special powers, just a technology that isn't even his, right? These are the types of characters that he's facing off with a whole heck of a lot. When he finally fought somebody who had some powers in Green Goblin, he got wrecked time and time and time again and got and didn't just get wrecked. I mean, like he had to call in two other Spider-Men to give him a chance. Like that's what we're talking about right here. As far as experience goes, 
Logan's fought in like multiple wars of the world. He goes back hundreds of years fighting mutants, non-mutants armies. And Spider-Man has fought a lot of kind of low level characters. Yes, he did have a minute where he stood up against Thanos, but at the end of the day, he got snapped to dust. So that didn't exactly end well for him, did it? Let's talk about some of the wins that Logan has on film because uh, let's some of my favorite fights here. He fought against a guy who he kept cutting his arms off one after another after another. And the guy kept growing his arms back with a massive healing factor. So what did Logan do? He kicked him in the no-no danger zone, taking him out of the battle. That's ingenuity. That's saying, yeah, you're going to keep regrowing your arm. I think he said regrow that or heal from that. It was wonderful. He fought the blob who was outrageous. He's fighting the blob who is essentially taking every single shot that Wolverine can give him and not moving because his massive size and gut was so big. So Wolverine figured out, you hit this guy in the head. I would have hit him in the legs. That's how I would take out any person of that size is if his knees don't work, he can't get up and you can then pummel him. Sure. But Wolverine starts hitting him in the head instead of the gut, hit him where he's weak. And that's how he defeated the blob. He was able to knock Sabretooth out. Sabretooth also, I believe, big healing factor, big, very similar to Wolverine in many, many ways. He fought the Silver Samurai and cut off his head. He fought Deadpool and cut off his head too. And this wasn't just Deadpool. This is that terrible version of Deadpool who had other people's mutant powers. He had Cyclops' heat vision for whatever reason. He had, for whatever reason, Mortal Kombat Baraka's uh, claws sticking out of his arms, and he could teleport. Now you're asked the question, Robert Clark Chan, how does he defeat a guy who's flipping and spinning around? He defeated a guy who could teleport. So I think that he can manage distances no problem, because at the end of the day, Spider-Man, when he fights, does get in on his opponent, doesn't he? He doesn't just shoot back and shoot webs at people over and over again. When he fought Thanos, when he fought, you know, uh, what is it, War Machine, when he fought Bucky the Winter Soldier, all these different fights, he got up to punching range of every single one of them. So I think the range is to a point a factor, but those electric shooters are mechanical based, right? They're not a natural power on this version of Spider-Man. So Logan can cut them off is what I'm saying. Not to mention Logan went over Mystique and he elbowed Gambit to the face and knocked him out with one shot. That is a high list of very good level characters that Logan has straight up beaten easily. And there are more, but those ones were my favorites and I'm almost out of time. So at the end of the day, Spider-Man will get in close, allowing Logan the chance to do what he does. That's my point. Number three. All right. Now, before I push back on what Ray has to say, let me just kind of answer something that Robert Clark Chan brought up. You got to remember in terms of tactical genius, and I'll bring up more about this later on my point, uh, Spider-Man actually trapped and captured in no particular order, Electro, Sandman, the Lizard, and Doc Octopus, all, you know, with a very short period of time in order for him to kind of do what he had to do to rectify the situation that was created in Spider-Man No Way Home. That's pretty good. He didn't have to hurt them. He had to use his EQ, his IQ, and tactics to trap these people and just bring them back to that uh, Doctor Strange's uh, location. On top of that, he did actually beat Green Goblin, Green Goblin more on that later. Ray, you brought up Silver Samurai and that other version of Deadpool that Ryan Reynolds played before he went into the film itself. Silver Samurai, let me just answer that first, not the most mobile character. He was a big like tank-like character who used that uh, really cool exoskeleton and armor to fight Wolverine, and it was a great win on Wolverine's part, but you can't compare the immobility, the lack of like speed that the Silver Samurai had 
in comparison to Spider-Man, especially MCU version. And in terms of teleportation, sure, that's a really cool thing that Logan did and used his senses to, you know, see where the teleportation was going to end up. But the teleportation used by this version of Deadpool was used to get in close on Wolverine. And that is something that Spider-Man's not necessarily going to do. Or if he does, it'll be so fast with such immense power that it's not going to be something he can just easily tank or deal with. All right, now let me get to my point number three. And for my point number three, let's talk about Spider-Man's big wins, Logan's biggest weaknesses, and how this fight's going to go down. So Spider-Man's got some big wins, of course. He fought Captain America to a draw in his first ever outing as Spider-Man. He also outfought and beat Winter Soldier, a super soldier with a cybernetic arm, and Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the Falcon, also on his first outing as a superhero. And he fought, fought both of them at the same time. He beat Doctor Strange in the Mirror Dimension, a place Doctor Strange knew really well, but that Spider-Man had never been to before. You'd think home, hometown advantage or home field advantage would favor Doctor Strange, you know, the greatest you know magic user in the MCU. Nope, Spider-Man still beat him, and he never was never at that place before and still figured out using tactics how to beat Doctor Strange. He did actually get a win over the Vulture, a character named the Shocker, which we've used before in a kind of fun way. He even beat Mysterio, of course, we talked about that. He's fought alongside the Avengers against Thanos and during, during Endgame, found himself in that superhuman level war. He beat and completely neutralized Dr. Octopus, the Lizard, Electro, Sandman. In a climactic battle, of course, he beats the Green Goblin, a.k.a. Osborn, and almost beats him to death. Had to be stopped before he did so, which was really fun to watch. This is an incredible record of wins against those types of superhumans with a really big ray, you know, of array, I should say, of powers and abilities. And the reason why is because he knows how to figure out an opponent very quickly and deduce not just what kind of tactics to use, but also what range to do it in. He's someone who can fight from a far distance, up close and personal, and he's quick enough to do what I love, the hit and run, where he gets in super fast, super hard, smash the person, and then gets the heck out. So before the person can even throw another punch back, Spider-Man's already gone, and you're trying to find him. Now, Logan is obviously an incredible fighter. There's no questioning that. He's one of the most ferocious, determined, savage fighters ever to walk this or any other planet. I'll say it. After all, he's Canadian. And as much as that, you know, is typical Canadian as a strength to Wolverine, that's also kind of a weakness. See, as a former Canadian, I can tell you, that's right, I'm a former Canadian. I'm an American now. I can tell you that Canadians, just like Logan, We've got a code. We might like to fight, but we don't want the wrong people to get hurt or at least get hurt too badly. And in this case, Logan's going to quickly figure out that Spider-Man is a teenager and Logan's going to decide to keep on fighting, but to not kill him. And that's the problem. See, Logan could possibly win this fight. And that's a huge maybe, but he'd have to want to seriously want to kill or at least maim Spider-Man really badly to do so because that's what Logan is best at doing. But once Logan finds out Spider-Man is a kid in his eyes, Logan's going to hold back. Spider-Man, however, won't need to. He's going to recognize the best way to beat Wolverine is to use his webs to do so or use far-range tactics, fling a car at him over and over again. That's what he's going to do. He'll tangle him with his webs. If he sees Logan somehow using his claws to get out of him, guess what? Spider-Man will use his webs on Logan's legs like he did with Captain America, and then he'll double up and pin his claws to his body or pin the claws, his hands to the ground where his claws can't be used. This is something he knows how to do, and Spider-Man's going to stay out of range very, very quickly, he'll figure out what's up. See, when it comes to opponents who will fight Logan on Logan's terms, you know, in an up-close battle with sharp objects or guns, Logan, no doubt, has what it takes to pretty much win. But in a battle where his opponent's going to stay out of the range of his claws while being able to attack from a far and safe distance, Logan doesn't have a great track record. Additionally, he's been beaten by those who can outmatch him physically, like when he was beaten by Sabretooth. Weapon 11, I guess that was what Deadpool was before he became Deadpool officially, and Lady Deathstrike. These three characters beat him physically, literally got wins over him. 
So there's two ways this is going to go. Either Logan's going to hold back because Spider-Man's a teenager, and that way he won't use his Berserker Rage. Logan's going to do whatever and just stay out, and Spider-Man's going to use that long-range stuff to use his webs because Logan's holding back. Or if Logan goes absolutely Berserker Rage, that's when Spider-Man's really going to stay out of the way because now he's like, got it. This is a ferocious animal. I don't want to touch this guy. I got to hit him with a car using that slingshot from my webs from far away, trap him, lure him somewhere, do whatever it is. That's what he's going to do if Logan absolutely loses it and goes ferocious. Now, either way, that's how Spider-Man's going to win. All of this stuff just dictates, as much as I love Logan, he does have limitations in the physicality, in the range, and Spider-Man does have enough experience in tactical ingenuity with all the experience with everything he's doing. He fought Thanos, for God's sake, with the other, some of the other adventures, Guardians of the Galaxy, of course. This is all why Logan's going to lose this fight. Spider-Man's going to win, but we would pay $1,000 to watch this in live action. That's my point number three. Okay, a lot of stuff I got to talk about here. Okay, first off, you talk about some of the technology suits. Let's not forget that that Spider-Man suit you re referenced a couple points ago only appeared in like one movie, and he's been in several, like what, six movies at this point? So please, stop with that right now. This is Spider-Man probably without the Iron Man suit, okay? That's just not what the character is known for. And listen, Wolverine will kill. Spider-Man does not kill, right? You brought it up yourself right there. Now, if Wolverine sees that Spider-Man is just a kid, I question how he's going to see that until after he's maimed him, after he's cut off a limb. Only then will Wolverine see that Spider-Man is a kid. And by then, Wolverine's already won the battle because Spider-Man ain't coming back from a missing arm or a missing leg or being impaled through the chest. He might survive it, but he's not going to be healthy afterwards. Also, Spider-Man talks too much. Spider-Man is, this is one of my favorite incarnations of Spider-Man is the MCU version because he's appropriately quippy and witty and makes remarks, but he will also stop fighting so he can try to have conversations and taunt and make jokes. And Logan is not a character who messes around. Logan is not a character who has time for your jokes. So if Spider-Man tries that approach, he's going to get wrecked. This one scene that really sticks in my mind is Captain America versus Spider-Man at the airport in Civil War because... Captain America gets the shield taken out of his hand, gets his hands bound together, gets himself out of that right there, gets his shield back. Spider-Man tries to zoop around and then fly at Captain America who spin kicks him into the bottom of a gangway, like the airplane thing that you walk out of the airplane for. Captain America then throws the shield and drops it on Spider-Man's head. That's because Captain America is very skilled and has a lot of experience in battle and Spider-Man does not. Spider-Man, this iteration is not great at using his environment to his advantage. In fact, somebody with battlefield experience could use it against him. Also, Captain America didn't know that wouldn't kill Spider-Man. We never talk about that, but eh, he could have. He, he was happy with Spider-Man dying right there. He didn't know that he had super strength in that moment. Just looking at you, Cap. Anyway, all of that's what's going on. Logan pulls this down because Spider-Man can't keep him down. But Logan can do the same back at Spider-Man. Interesting stuff. Look, we got to get to a decision. Robert, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make the ultimate decision and to come to us with the knowledge that and, and judgment that you can do and only you can do. But before we get to what Robert has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week, shall we? Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle, Ray. Which patron do we have today? We have another brand new member of the Patreon. We are collecting them. There's a lot of folks on here. And we are looking right now at Melvin Smithers the third. Melvin, you're here. You made it. Congratulations. It's your time. Wow. Melvin 
Smithers the third. Interesting. Let's go with that third. Let's have Melvin go up against the three of the Powerpuff Girls. The three Powerpuff Girls against Melvin Smithers. Now, this is crazy because the three Powerpuff Girls are insanely powerful. That's basically three Supermans, Supergirls, whatever it is, Feising versus Melvin Smithers. And you would think right now that uh, Melvin Smithers has no chance. But, however, he does. And the reason he does is because the Powerpuff Girls are good people. The Powerpuff Girls care about the environment. So when the three of them are about to smash, well, uh, right into Melvin Smithers, use their what? Uh, super punches, what? Heat Ray Vision, whatever the heck powers they, they have these days. It changes based on who's writing it. Shout out to TV's Gene Ippolito. Great job in that episode. The point I'm trying to make with all of this is that Melvin Smithers just throws up his hands and says, whoa, 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 whoa. And then he pulls out a shovel and plants a tree right there in front of them. And they go, oh, oh, we can't fight this guy. He's a friend of the earth. And they fly away, battlefield removing themselves. Melvin Smithers, it was a move and it worked. But you win this day against the Powerpuff Girls. Congratulations. You're our patron of the week. Look, I, there's only two ways to beat the Powerpuff Girls. You get them to voluntarily leave the field of battle, which happened here, or you got to be so insanely powerful that you can overcome that, which is not going to happen. Melvin, well done. Great strategy on your part. Congratulations. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Robert, it's time for your decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine, and the MCU's Spider-Man. All right, I think this is going to be a fight. It's going to start like any Wolverine fight. He's going to, you know, uh, see somebody bouncing around and kind of go in cautiously because he he's a fighter. He's been doing this for a long time. Spidey's going to come in, quipping, and, you know, being fun, bouncing around like he always does. I think pretty quickly they're going to realize they're in a real fight because... Yeah, Spider-Man is stronger and faster, and uh, w Wolverine is, you know, you know, gonna take some shots. Realize, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have, you know, pull out the big guns, um, and th they're really going to go hard. I think Wolverine is gonna pull out the claws and try and take some swipes. He's, I don't think he's ever going to hit him, but he'll, you know, pull out some chunks of concrete and fling them at him and, you know, catch Spider-Man by surprise. What it comes down to, though, at the end, though, I think is that Logan realizes that what he has on his hands is a 17-year-old uh, high school student. And I think we're at a point with, I mean, pretty much any point on Wolverine's timeline from the X-Men movie on, like he's been around uh, Professor X's school and he is a teacher. He sees, you know, like all of these kids with abilities as, you know, uh, things that... Uh, the people that need to be nurtured rather than beat down. And there's, you know, <clears throat> I don't think Spider-Man's uh, coming on as an evil, you know, monster who's trying to, you know, murder civilians or anything like that. So uh, I, I think that Wolverine is going to, you know, try and be conciliatory towards him, which is when Spider-Man sees his chance and webs him up completely just keeps webbing and webbing until you know it's essentially a big ball that you know, wolverine can't move out of and you know you, two minutes two minutes uh to get through a, a ball of web those claws have gone through harder he's gonna 
he's going to surprise Spider-Man, get out of that ball of web and put him in a chokehold. Spider-Man is a lot stronger and a lot faster, but I do think that Wolverine has been in enough scraps that he could get his arm around his neck and choke him out and put Spider-Man down. He is not going to kill him. Not at all. But if he needs to take down Spider-Man, Wolverine is going to take him down with a rear naked choke uh, four minutes and 21 seconds into the third round. And your winner is movie Wolverine. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. You know, there's one. There's only one reason why I can't push back on what you're saying, Robert Clark Chan. Well, two. Number one, if Wolverine puts someone into a superhuman into a rear naked choke and that superhuman starts smashing them into a wall or like jumping onto the floor, whatever, Wolverine's going to hold on. Right. That's just a thing. He's not letting go of a rear naked choke. Number two, there was a scene I disagreed with in Avengers uh, Infinity War, where on that ship, one of Thanos' ship, where it's being taken to that home world and Spider-Man, Iron Man and Doctor Strange first encounter the Guardians of the Galaxy. Somehow, Peter Quill, Star-Lord gets the drop on Spider-Man, entangles him, and holds him from behind with a gun to his head. And I'm like, how did he do that to (laughs) Spider-Man? Right? How is that? So when you were explaining all this, I'm like, darn, that's the exact way. The one that's, there's literally one way where I would have accepted defeat, and you just absolutely brilliantly named it. I don't actually agree with it, but I can't push back on your logic. It's where it stands. Congratulations, Race to Canis. You did a great job. You got a hard, hard-earned victory. Tell each of audience, our fan base, how you feel. I, I'm just a little bit surprised right now. I don't think Robert Clark Chan could keep surprising me after this many years. And I had basically worked in my mind how I was going to yell at him for saying that Logan wouldn't hurt a kid. When I know for a fact Logan would hurt a kid, I agree that he wouldn't kill a kid. A hundred percent. And when he started saying he would load him up with the webs, and I'm like, you know, that thing that Spider-Man hasn't really done to other superheroes, he's done a shot here and there, but gummed him up? No, I was just going to say, but Chan, you haven't really explained how he gets beat. And I don't have to do any of that because you actually came down with the correct decision. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. I don't, I, for the first time in my life, might be speechless. Unbelievable. Listen, this is a battle I think everyone's going to love. And regardless of where you are on this, even though, again, I disagree because I do think Spider-Man would keep it really a long distance and Wolverine would actually be like, all right, fine. I don't want to fight you, kid. I give up. Let's kind of go, you know, talk this through or whatever it is after being gummed up with webs. I got to tell you the way Robert, this is, this is the Robert Clark Chan that everyone knows and loves. He has returned to his form. He has given us the impossible, a brilliant decision, a brilliant judgment for the who would win show for this battle. Robert Clark Chan. You are a national treasure. Please come back on whenever you can and can and, and just welcome back. It's good to see you once more. In the meantime, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. You can find me at, uh, go go find uh, Knowing Is Half the Podcast on any of your podcatchers. AE Doubleback, if you're into uh, watching professional wrestling, um, that's a fun time. And I just want you, you too, and everyone out there to know that there was a third way that Hugh Jackman could win this fight, and it is that he is the vastly superior song and dance man. We have Umbrella. Yes, Tom Holland, um, you know, has got some chops, but Hugh Jackman has been on Broadway, and if you think that I wouldn't ever in a million years use that to, to give Wolverine the win on the Who Would Win show, you are sadly mistaken. Count yourselves 
lucky. Wow. There you have it. Ray Sicanis, congratulations again. Another hard-earned victory. Tell me, Giovanni and our fan base where they can find you. I mean, look, Tom Holland did what did perform on London's West End, which is like Britain's version of Broadway. So mm. he's no chump in the singing and dancing world himself. He played what? Billy Elliot? Billy Elliot, the musical? I don't know what that is. But Hugh anyway. Jackman is the greatest showman, not a great okay, showman. Look, I'm not going to argue against myself right now. Uh, you are correct. He is the greatest showman. I don't know what I'm even talking about. I just don't want Tom Holland slander. He's tremendously talented, <laughs> and I'll never forget when he was uh, when he was Spider Man, and I saw his first movie. I was just like, "Wow!" They finally hired a kid from Brooklyn who knows how to use a Brooklyn, New York accent to its fullest. I'm so happy they got a real New York kid to play the role of Spider-Man <laughs> finally. And then I heard him talk in real life like a year later, and I felt like a buffoon. I said, of course he's British. They're always British. What's happening right now? This world is crazy. The point I'm trying to make right now is that I deserve this win. Logan deserves this win. You, the people at home, deserve this win. And the Detroit Lions deserve to win in the NFC Championship game. Unfortunately, that one didn't happen. And I'm still upset. Find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316. I love it. You can find me on X, aka Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. We're almost at 40,000 members in the Facebook group. I don't know where that came from. All right. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Racy Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sup everyone, Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia!
Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwindshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.